0: Talking a beer, talking some footy. Cheers, James. Cheers. Talking about England, the uh, finalists at the Euros, the semi finalists four years ago. Judging by that pattern, you must expect them to make
1: the final and uh, win the whole thing this year in Qatar. Uh, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, I try not to be, um, uh, but yeah, we've uh, surprised me in the last sort of four or five years. I'm not quite sure how many years it is since COVID. Hello.
2: Hey, how you doing?
1: I'm well. How are you, Roddy? Good.
2: Yeah, good. You look, you look good. You look healthy.
1: <laughs> I don't know what to make of that, but I'll take it as a compliment.
2: <laughs> as compared to your old degenerate self. Yes, exactly. Th- yeah, things have picked up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Jim Blossoms the, and all. The degeneracy is, has been internalized.
0: <laughs> well, we were talking about mental health. Uh, James is is uh, relatively undamaged, but uh, we haven't talked in a while. How was it making the final of the Euros, losing on penalties to the Italians?
1: Walk us through that. What was that like? That must have been oh, gut-wrenching. Uh, it was, I did enjoy it on the whole. Um, and was relatively philosophical, even during the final. uh, I know a few people that are are sort of, well, moving back to England has meant that I'm sort of in amongst it with a a lot of people that are way, way more extreme than I am in how they watch England and how they stress about it. Um, You know, I've sort of got down to the point now where an England game for me is sitting in front of the TV with a beer, mumbling, and then occasionally having a Tourettec outburst. (laughs) <laughs> at something and then being calm again for another 10 minutes until I can't control myself again. So sort of, uh, but I know another, enough people now that I've realised that I'm actually quite sort of relaxed about the whole thing, really. Um, but no, it was great, wasn't it? You know, I mean, it's there's nothing like it. your team doing well in a competition and, uh, you know, everybody comes out the woodwork that isn't a football fan normally and people get interested and you know, there's a whole load of people sat around And for some reason, nowadays, the main thing that people do that are not interested in football is they go to a pub and when England score, they throw beer all over each other. And that's uh, what they show on the news, uh, which seems absurd, because that is definitely only something that started happening in the last six years, maybe. uh, But yeah, no, the competition was great, but yeah, losing on penalties, we're, oh my God, it's, it's uh, Yeah. Yeah. Losing on penalties
0: in a final. Uh, I remember watching 2006 World Cup, losing on penalties in the quarterfinal to Portugal, and uh, there was a lot of terrific outbursts at that
1: time. Yeah. Uh, but we you know, the, we were in the pub, weren't we?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was uh, there was a lot of swearing, a lot of. Uh, anxiety but nobody threw their beer on each other i don't think that's good behavior bonding behavior that's not uh
1: no well they they throw a beer on each other when they score so you know i mean based on england how england normally perform when they get to a sort of semi or a final is we score early don't we Mm. and you you sort of well the italians we're absolutely tearing them apart for the first 30 minutes weren't we and then Mm. just like against croatia in the semis in the Previous World Cup when we'd scored and looked pretty lively and in control of the game, I don't know. Somehow we, it's it's almost like maybe we can smell it or sense it, and they they realise that if they keep playing this way, that actually they might get to you know complete the thing, and then they start to I don't know. Well, it's some some sort of psychological error with the English teams, yeah. Uh, where they start I don't whether doubt themselves or whether they just think you know what we're one nil ahead. The way we play in England is to defend that and we'll just hang on to it and we should be okay and let the other team back in. And, and But really, in both games, there was a similar pattern. Croatia came right back into the game. and You know, you really kind of felt like they were going to win the thing for most of the second half. And Italy, again, you know, it was a similar thing in the end. We, England were quite glad to get to penalties, I think, really, despite the fact we, looked, we, we sort of made a fist of it in the last 10 minutes of extra time. But uh, by then, you know... You know, you're not really going to get through an Italian defense in the last 10 minutes of extra time, are you? That would be a, no. a miracle.
0: No, no. And this time around, there's potential for an England Scotland matchup. Roddy, all you have to do is beat Ukraine, yeah. a highly motivated group of refugees from an invaded, occupied country. Uh,
2: no, and, and a, t- it's hard, hard to come out of that looking good. <laughs> looking well, if good. you,
1: if you but, beat um, them, it, you're the villain. In some ways, Scotland are a highly motivated group of people from an invaded... <laughs>
2: that's right. Bunch of, no. A bunch of renegades. Um, yeah, no, I think it's... I, there's There are different opinions expressed about, oh, you know, should teams stand aside and things like that. But I think that's such... That, that's total nonsense. I, 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 can you imagine winning a tournament because everyone else has stood aside and you just get given a free trophy or something like that? That would be... That would, that would totally devalue... A, not, not that uh, FIFA don't do their best to just <laughs> make everything worth nothing and uh, yeah. meaningless, and I uh, kind of hollow it out as much as possible. But uh, yeah, I think it's got. It should be contested, and who you know, Like, I don't. I think uh, I think there's a there is some Ukrainian team touring just now they play. I think a game was played in Poland recently or so some of the players are playing like going on a sort of circuit of I think they played a game in Greece actually as well so against some clubs so there's some sort of makeshift camp on the go and I think it's I think it's the first of June is the playoff so we'll see but then that's that's only just to get to play Wales to then which I think is in Cardiff that one whoever wins is in Cardiff yeah, and, uh, I don't know. Bale, Bale seems to be able to conjure up goals. He's kind of like a bit of a bit of a Ronaldo figure. That when is when the the team's really in a in a spot, he's he's able to magic something up. So uh, yeah, I don't know. A couple of hurdles to get over, but then the group itself, whoever gets in the group, doesn't look too bad. Uh, I think. We talked about this before uh, last week, Kyle, or a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, it, I think U.S. are, like they're poor man's Canada, and uh, I think they, so, I don't know, the, well, so, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, um, maybe they're much better than that, but I, I don't think, they didn't do anything, haven't done anything special in qualifying. No. Um,
1: no, you don't need to worry so, about them. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm fantastically ignorant about the US at the moment. I know, you know, I felt like I knew a little bit about them when I, I lived over there and yeah, in the Land Donovan era. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's really going yeah. back some. So
2: there was yeah. something to hate there for sure.
1: But, what uh, a twatty was. But Christian
0: Pulisic, uh equally as uh, twatty. Is twatty a good uh, a good word?
1: I'm not sure I'm using. Yeah, I, I
2: don't know anything <laughs> but, about them. Was-
1: <laughs> yeah, he plays for Chelsea. That's that's a, a mark against him for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's not something you need to worry about. Uh, but the political implications of that group, especially if Ukraine make it, uh, you've got Iran, USA, Ukraine potentially um, mm-hmm. politically. That's a that's a tinder bomb waiting to go off. Iran, practically a home country. Are you concerned about them, James? Do you
1: think that's uh, uh, I'm I'm kinda an massively ignorant about them. But the the uh, the good thing about the World Cup is that uh, you know, uh, t- is it uh, is there some kind of cliche count in this? Because I'll, I'll I'll use the first cliche now, and that is that there's no easy games in the World Cup. So if that do we uh, take a drink now, I'll well, set a cliche. Right? <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, it's true though, isn't it? That especially, like you say, I mean, you know, you look at a team like Qatar shouldn't pose threat to anybody based on how big a country it is and where they are in the world. But for some reason, they'll put in a big effort because it's their home country and they'll spend tons of money at it. And, you know, they'll, they'll and, and Iran, the same thing. That's people are proud of playing for their country, aren't they? And if there is a political edge to it, that definitely adds to it. Although... You know, at the moment, Iran have been relegated in the league table of political <laughs> opponents. That's right. The British press will be against because we've all got Ra uh, Ra Vlad Putin to hate. So that's. Ra uh... <laughs> Ra Vlad Putin. Uh,
0: yeah.
2: It's, 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 nice, it's nice to know that, uh, that they're against some wars. That was a revelation that not all wars are great, I've recently yes. discovered. Uh, oh. So, yeah, refreshing. Refreshing angle.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, but it's, I mean, it's interesting. I was looking, uh, I, I was actually looking what we might face post that, uh, rather getting ahead of myself, <laughs> where, assuming England were to get through that group. But I, I, weirdly now, I, could, I feel more confident, you know, when we're looking back to sort of, you know, the 88s of, and uh, past competitions where, or 94, where we didn't even qualify. And then we certainly went through a period where it was always a bit touch and go whether we'd get through the group stage or not in any major Mm -hmm. competition. And uh, you know now we have got a good team. I mean that is the thing. It's really weird being an England fan at the moment in that we've got genuinely good players that are playing for top teams in the top leagues and winning big trophies as well. That's the thing. You know, Champions League winners and you know, even the good teams in the Premier League, like Man City and Liverpool, that you would normally have sort of looked at and gone, oh, well, maybe you're lucky if there's one Gaza playing for them or one, you know, decent English player. Now you've got some brilliant players in there, people like Kyle Walker and Trent Alexander-Arnold, and, and, you know, obviously midfield and and attack, we've got a a wealth of rich gears. So I do feel mildly confident in saying that we'll get through the group stage um but again it's, it's mega mega difficult when you look at it and you're probably going to face somebody like netherlands or senegal in the round of 16 and then before you know it we've probably got france in the quarterfinals even if you get through netherlands or senegal so you can definitely once you start to get to teams like france that's like squeaky bum time isn't it really that's, yeah. Uh, yeah
0: yeah yeah england france quarterfinal seems like it's destiny um and then, of course, they would lose to Canada in the semi-final. But um, is this their chance? I mean, this is the generation of Harry Kane and uh, this uh, this group. Um, they really are considered favorites. Is this their best chance? You think to to win something? Do you think they're
1: they're set up to uh, to go all the way? I wonder if it's more of a managerial. Conundrum: Whether England wins something or not, than the players, because of course we had the golden generation that were a massive letdown, really. You know, if you think about all the Lampards and Gerards and all the, you know, the Man United defence and yeah. all these players that were supposed to be the bees knees, and really was a was a, uh, you know, that was very very disappointing periods of in England fan, really. Uh, apart from the odd, you know, goal or highlight or Germany one, England five, kind of thing. But uh, The uh, yeah, no, they they look great. You know, when they when they're let off the leash, they look amazing. And it's I love Southgate. I have to say, I think he he seems like a very decent and sensible man. But the question is whether he can, you know, get them to gel really. Whether he can sort of work the magic of a klopper or a Guardiola to let them off their leash, where they can you know, we'll score one more than you because that's kind of, the weirdly, that's sort of the players we've got. And I don't know if England have got, we know how to play with that sort of a team. You know, we've never really had the, the, the riches we've got now in people like Foden and Sterling and, you know, Jack Grealish and all these guys that genuinely can pick the ball up, Sancho. Run! they can pick the ball up and they can skin three or four people and pull off an amazing pass or a cross or something like that. And then you've got Harry Kane, that, uh, despite appearing to be sort of like a freshly born Bambi or a giraffe, you know, he's slightly more coordinated than Peter Crouch, but he always feels like he's not that coordinated. But yeah, he's, he's bloody brilliant. He can get on the end of anything. He's fantastic at holding the ball up. I mean, he, he made some massive differences in the Euros when he dropped back. And in some of those games where he wasn't really maybe getting the service uh, and uh, he was able to sort of drop back and he's just good at passing the ball. Um, I mean, maybe we need to get Son Hung Min to change nationality because the the way those two connect, that could be helpful for England too. But he probably has got allegiances to career, I would guess.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't think you're going to be able to naturalise him in time. But um, or, or Andy Robertson, if if Andy Robertson has got English grandparents or something, we'd take uh, that. that was, was,
2: uh... Probably lived there long enough. But uh, <laughs> like this, I think that's that's like the one. That's our prime position. Actually, our, our left left backs to spare. But uh, some of the other the strikers that were were a little bit, we're struggling for. We don't have the same get nice ideas. But a lot of the goals, I think it's McGinn is Scotland's top scorer in recent memory. Like he's in the, the recent campaign. Uh, and so we're kind of, yeah, I don't know. Mid- midfielder seems to be what we're good at, and then we've got a few defenders just now, and it's kind of <clears throat> it's finishing things off. That's going to be like we had Lyndon Dykes, is it uh QPR? Um, so not like not a top shooter, but
1: Ch- Chay Adams,
2: is he? Yeah, Chi Adams, that's right. Yeah, he's he, he got, I never he's maybe got... he
1: gets going, does he? <clears throat> no. The...
2: He got, one, he got one against uh, Denmark. So we actually, probably, this is what Craig Brown rated as the best ever Scotland performance. So we had to, really? to I think to...
1: In the, in the entire history of Scotland?
2: I think I think that's what he was saying, yeah. Oh, um, wow. And it was, uh, it was kind of the, it was just a, it was a complete game like they didn't, Denmark, I think Denmark were on something like, because they, I think if they had won, they would have won all their qualifiers and maybe not, maybe not conceded a goal as well. They, they had some, Fairling record
0: yeah
2: um and then the uh so i think they were all on some big payout if they got a 100 percent record in qualifying and we had to win to get a home a home draw in a potential playoff and then uh and we just kind of really bossed them somehow like just everything everything that worked like people were really it all just worked out perfectly and people we didn't have too many injuries and I think we can easily be I think whereas England could probably lose lose half a squad like half a team and still have a very good team I think if we lose half a team then we we may be in trouble so we have to we'd have to time things right from that angle but yeah we so that was a, a 2-0 win and they really didn't get a look in there wasn't they didn't have much of a sniff of goal so that was great because Denmark were they were very good like unlucky against England like I think yeah yeah that that uh, mm-hmm. when there, there was one, in, when was it? Uh, so, yeah, Sterling Sterling fell over, may have been fouled. Uh, there were two balls on the pitch. And then Kane, Kane hit a terrible penalty, which was saved, and then came back to so him. And, oh, yeah, and the goalie was shot with lasers. So there's a few things that went in at <laughs> that particular point. Anyway, that's that's how they got through. So uh, Team Ericsson was, was not happy with that. I think the rest of the world was like, oh. This is are things, but anyway, <laughs> but I, did, I you do. Agree much,
1: you have a much better memory for all those details of the <laughs> things that <laughs> made it look like not a very good England win. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, they're they're great. I can't do as about that. It's just the way my mind works. But the the yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I think England in that tournament had like some. Sometimes it looks like they have a softer draw but actually like disposed of good teams and so i think they do have a bit of a track there's a couple of uh consecutive tournaments that they've done very well so i think you're justified in thinking that you might get out of the group who knows let's see what happens i i really haven't done my research on i should find out more i'm not counting my chickens but i will find out more about the iranian kyle do you know anything about iran what what kind of threat do they pose other than the obvious geo, geopolitical threat that we're all terrified <laughs> of.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that uh, that could that could end in a, in, in a mushroom cloud, but um, they've got some quality players. Uh, Jahan Bash used to play at Brighton, fire FireNorth man, big, strong striker. Uh, Sardar Asmun, uh, currently starring at Zenit St. Petersburg. So they've got quality. Right. Uh, they're hard to break down. They're practically a home team it's in November, which has never been done. It's in the Middle East. It's going to be hot. They've got air conditioning for the outside, apparently. I don't know how that's going to work. But the question that everybody yeah. wants to know is how are the England fans going to be able to get mobbed up, rampate through the streets, and uh, cause chaos? How's that going to, how's that going to go well, down okay. in the uh, Qatari uh,
1: authoritarian Yeah, can you states? even
2: drink, please? Is drinking allowed you no, I have to go on a cruise ship to
1: drink or something like that? No, I think you, there's going to be some designated drinking areas, but I don't think uh, when what the Qatari idea of drinking and the England fans idea of <laughs> drinking are probably at the ends of two very wide <laughs> spectrums, I would imagine. That's, uh, I, I don't imagine there are many Qatari people that think it's okay to uh, have a few points with your uh, full English but. Uh, Seven o'clock in the morning, as you're getting, uh, you know, ready to go out for the day, when there's a yeah. it's a seven o'clock kickoff, and p.m. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, twelve,
0: yeah, 12 hours of binge
1: drinking, and then a,
0: a quick a quick <laughs> yeah. snort. Of I mean, the, the, whole, the
1: whole thing. It's very much a, a, a yeah, a, yeah. It's uh, you know, it's a wild card. The, the Qatari thing. It's a part of me wants to pay no attention to it whatsoever. Mm. Uh, and dismiss it as a bizarre FIFA bribed, you know, nest that shouldn't exist. Uh, and then I find myself listening to the radio when the draw was going on, and Jermaine Genius is doing a very nice job of presenting the whole thing. And before I know it, I'm sucked in, and I'm thinking about the World Cup. And I, I know I won't be able to resist. No, yeah. I will not be able to resist. There's something brilliant about the World Cup and the Euros, and. Well, as if your team's doing well, it's it's that much better. You know, I mean, 96 was fantastic. 90 was fantastic. And the last two have been brilliant as well from that point of view. And even when you, I'm not, I'm not even sure that winning would be a thousand percent better. I think it, you know, it might be 5% better for a few days or they, you know, probably be extreme joy for an hour or two. And then, but a lot of it is just the whole journey. It's like the, mm. the start to finish the everybody's chatting about it. I say everybody gets involved. It's, you know, it's that, that, it's that moment when you win a game and you've got the joy and then the next thing you're doing is just five or six days of anticipation till kickoff. And literally everything in that time is just secondary to you thinking about the next game. No matter how important it is or what's going on, you've always got that in the back of your mind. Oh, yeah, you know, where am I going to be? What time is it? Can I make sure I'm in front of a TV? How do I ensure that the people I'm with are not going to do my head in too much? You know, that's... <laughs> you
0: guys i'm a for that but uh yeah the, uh... yeah
1: well i've watched a lot of it on my own in the in, in the lounge yes. uh over the last few years until the latter stages when the family get involved and but I, you know having made both my children cry by shouting at sport at different times and uh you know ildi is not good at watching the sport she gets much more anxious than i do so that that doesn't help either. So there's that sort of sense of you're trying to control your own anxiety and teretic outbursts. And then you've got somebody else that is not used to controlling, you know, the, the emotion of watching sport and finds it very difficult and stressful. Hmm. Uh, yeah. what's, uh, what's the best memory you have of
0: watching England to that point? What was the, this the golden moment that shines out of your long? Oh. Long
1: history watching this team. Yeah, there's a well. I mean, Roddy might not like it, but uh, I was at England Scotland in 1996. I was I was actually at Wembley, and uh, so the whole uh, Gaza moment, which is you know iconic, and mostly misremembered, I think. Uh, and I'm only I, I I had misremembered it even I in my head he he flipped it over. Was it Hendry? around the halfway line and volleyed it in from the halfway line. But I I, last, last night, I was actually... what There's a really good Gazza documentary that has just come on the BBC here, and I highly recommend it if you can get your hands on it. It's uh, very, very interesting, really, about how he was exploited. You know, never stood a chance, poor bugger, really. Um, but you were rem- reminded how bloody good he was as well, even given the fact he was absolutely slaughtered most of the time and lived on a diet of McDonald's and fish and chips um you know you imagine nowadays with the sort of if somebody had, if they'd got him a psychologist and all the nutrition and everything he had now he'd have been really top class uh yeah a bit like maradona imagine what he would have done without all the drink and the drugs and the bad eating he yeah it's scored a fantastic goal against england but never mind let's move on from that Um, So, no, 96, yeah, so I was there, and it was, you know, absolute pandemonium. It was a great day, because, and and a lot of that was made by the Tartan Army, because out of a crowd of 76,000, as I think it was then, 6,000 Scottish were as loud as 70,000 English, and it was total insanity, really, yeah. It was uh, bedlam. There were people, when England scored that second goal, it was literally... People being chucked out, left, right, and centre, leaping on things. It was absolute carnage, and uh, I was quite far back in the stadium. And um, yeah, so that that as a as a purely visceral sort of moment of joy, that was that was right up there. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, you know, weirdly, that that I say saying that Germany won England five. That that was a, a very enjoyable match, and I watched that in the. In Windsor, Ontario, in the Anglo club, which was a really strange place at about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning um, after a few pints and a breakfast that they did there. And of course, it was really unexpected, wasn't it? You know, I mean, that's that was the golden generation. That was sort of the way they should have been performing all the time. Um, But again, I think I think Germany scored first. Mm -hmm. And so I'm fairly sure. I remember just here we go. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, somehow, um, I think slightly fortuitously, to some degree, we probably got back in the game. And then some, you know, it was one of those games where just everything went right. And wasn't, I think, uh, Pierluigi Colina was refing it, wasn't he? Or I think was he, he was, was, yeah. So that, you know, that adds to any game, doesn't it, really? That's the uh, <laughs> yeah. most iconic referee of all time. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and now I think that just purely for the unexpectedness of that, that was amazing, you know, and that was, that's a huge score in Germany, you know. Uh, Michael Owen was it? Well, he was good. That's, yeah, they were, they were enjoyable times when he was on. Even Emil Heskey got in well, the that, Saying something with the uh, uh, that bizarre putting golf putting celebration after he scored. Yeah, That was
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Let, let's see. Uh, Roddy, I wanna I wanna get your favorite England moment. I wanna see if it matches up oh. with James James' worst moment. <laughs>
2: uh, well, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what you're talking about. But uh, yeah, the a uh, uh, best a uh, best England. You want me to talk about my favorite England moment?
0: Your favorite England performance. Uh, oh. I want to I see well, if you're you enjoyed, Roddy. <laughs>
2: I, I, I don't know. I mean I think I, I feel like so the game you're talking about as my memory, may, maybe it's flawed, but I, I feel like Scotland had more chances and kind of put England under the oh. cosh. And uh, oh. and that's kind of been often when we when it comes to push comes to shuffle. We just don't there's people not putting away chances or something like that's kind of is there for the taking. I feel like that is often the case, but just somehow it doesn't come together. And yeah, like miss. Well. We, we've spoken before about Gary McAllister, I think, but that yeah yeah, if the ball if the ball's moving, I think you don't you don't hit it, you just you just stop, place it, and then you score. You try your best to score, and uh, and he, he didn't he failed at the first hurdle there, but uh, but there was other shot. Like I remember one moment in that game towards the end. I don't know if it was before the penalty after, but Seaman <clears throat> just I could hear the echo. So whenever you're watching. Uh, Scotland games or watching football from Scotland is nearly always with English commentary so we hear the echo and the all all the all the ideas of someone else perforate your your psyche and uh, and so the you for generations or for uh, whenever the passback rule came in it was like oh this is like does he even know the rules this guy's picked up the ball like this like it was all some foreign goalie doesn't know what he's doing but I remember Seaman picked up like for a pass from about ten feet away, and he just picked it straight up in panic because he didn't know what to do with it. Such was the pressure. And then there was an indirect free kick, maybe about like ten feet away from the goal in in the box, which we, we didn't score from. But that was there was kind of disarray round about that time. I feel like if the goal had gone in, this again, this is what Craig Brown said, but I think it's true that if the go, if the penalty had gone in, then probably. It was it was going the tide was going in one direction at that point and then oh oh you miss the penalty it takes the wind out your sails for sure and then there's it's harder to well
1: that well that part. was the that was the joy we you know I mean it, it was it <laughs> yeah. was a hard it was a it wasn't an easy game and and, yeah. and like you say so and I haven't we drawn one one in the first game of our home competition have not we against Switzerland. So the the papers were all like this is terrible it's all going wrong. Just like when 2012 Olympics, everything's going to be terrible, typical, you know, English sort of British mentality. It's all a load of shit. And then that game, yeah, it, was, it really wasn't an easy game, it wasn't straightforward. It wasn't really a 2 0. That was, you know, that was, was yeah. probably a 1 0 squeaker if you're lucky. But that, the, the I remember that, the fact it was very soon after the goal, the penalty, wasn't it? The England goal. Because I remember the fact we were effectively celebrating Lightwood scored with the fact the penalty hadn't gone in. The ball goes up the other end Gaza you know nice left right combination or right left I can't remember which it was it's a fantastic goal you know there's, yeah. there's a few really iconic Gaza goals and oh my god yeah so it was like that was I think what was one of the greatest things about it from an England point of view was it was double joy because you it's yeah. almost like you scored two goals in the space yeah, of yeah. about two minutes so yeah, yeah no I definitely think it could have gone the other way i say the 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 Scottish fans were were well up for it and Scotland were well up for it as they always are against England you know even in the euros the, the yeah that was not a straightforward right. game was it at all no, that,
0: no
2: but that's what I feel like there, there's a couple of things but like so with in I think a lot of for England is kind of managing expectation and so yeah you 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 draw you can draw with a decent team and then that's not enough and then that can get to yeah. the players it filters through but maybe maybe they're uh, it seems like they're they're better managed and there's not there's fewer people being left hung out to dry I think perhaps than in, in the past so maybe it does, it's, maybe there's more of a, a team ethic and so uh, that's that's the sense I get uh, but then yeah Scotland drawing with uh, England in in the Euros just there like that was kind of greeted with. Uh, too much acclaim I think in Scotland so people were like yeah we got a chance I was like well yeah that's okay but we had opportunities to win that one as well that we could have mm-hmm. like England England hit the stones hit the bar maybe in the first uh, five minutes or something like that but then thereafter there weren't that many England chances and we had a couple of sniffs and che Adams blazed one over at one point and so we got in good positions we didn't make the most of it so that was like it was a good result it meant that we were still in the tournament but we still had to beat beat Croatia to do anything so it wasn't feel like you've really got to capitalise on the moments when the tide uh, seems to be with you. And if you don't, it's uh, just because three games, three games is not a lot of time to recover a situation. So you got to start strongly. And we just kind of, we sort of peaked in that game and then sort of tapered again. And uh, in the, the last game against Croatia, Modric just uh, waved his wand a couple of times and and then we were in trouble.
1: Oh, he did the same against England in the semis of the World Cup, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. just Modric and your yes.
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah,
2: He's. A, I feel like it's always. A, it seems to be always out of nothing. Like you, you. Everybody seems to be marked, or there's there's not a pressing situation, but somehow he just does a little shuffle or something, and you know, just perfect poise, and he can make something, make something out of nothing. logical. Cool. Yeah, but he's got to be, what, what age is he, Cal? 35 or something like that? Or...
0: He's going to be 36 at the World Cup, but uh, I don't think he's slowing down. I think he's, he never seems to get tired, never gets tackled. And uh, he seems to have this teleportation ability. He just skips around the field. You never expect him to pop up where he does. Amazing player. Yeah. The, the Canadian draw has offered up, uh, if nothing else, the three best jerseys in the game. To swap with at the end of the match. And uh, you know, that Belgium shirt is pretty sweet. The red and black, Croatia, the tablecloth. Morocco's underrated. They uh they were in England's group in 1986. James, do you remember 86? Do you remember the the uh
1: the hand oh, yeah, of God? Of course I do. i uh, you know, I was 13. So that was probably the first World Cup that I really took an interest in. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we even qualified in 82. I can't, I don't recall it if we did. I was not obviously not interested enough. And uh yeah I, I mostly remember watching england in those days always thinking why do we always have to play somewhere where it's so bloody hot that all of our players look absolutely stuffed by half time and there's <laughs> you know there's no they weren't chucking bottles of water on then either so I, I always i sort of thought it, we were always up against it because we were never in a climate that was suited to english players especially ones that would spend you know four days out of seven drinking and eating <laughs> curry that uh Yeah, no, I remember that, uh, uh, and and I still don't forgive Maradona, even though he's dead and lauded as a hero amongst many as the greatest footballer of all time. So uh, maybe I'll never get over that. uh, I did watch the the documentary or the film about him, which is very good, and there was a good TV program about Gary Lineker going to meet him somewhere, which was really surreal but interesting. And uh, you know, again, a bit like Gazza, he's a tragic character in many ways, and uh, but you know. It was proper cheating, wasn't it? That that's, uh, it doesn't get much better than uh, a, a very small man being able to somehow get higher than a big man, Peter Shilton, and, and the referee not to see that as a bit of cheating. But, uh, yeah, I, I can still remember being absolutely furious to the point where the Ladybird book, I don't know if you're familiar with that concept, they're sort of children's books, in the in Britain and they used to bring them out for the World Cup and they'd have facts about all the teams and you could fill in the scores and everything and uh, I, I have it somewhere uh, and uh, in on the score page it has got an asterisk by the score that I've handwritten in. And a little note at the bottom of the page describing the fact that it was actually cheating and therefore somehow shouldn't have counted, <laughs> should have been overruled subsequently, and England should have gone through. So <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, V A R. If there was V A R at the it, time. I, yeah.
1: It was very much the V A R of Lady Bird books of a 13-year-old. <laughs> who
2: who was who was the referee in that game? Does I, anyone know? Like I the, don't
1: know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean it's a, it's a troublesome. Thing because of the the goal that he scored afterwards. That's the worst part about it is because that is li- probably considered one of the best goals ever, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it is, it's bloody unbelievable. Yeah, he literally skins everybody. Uh, well, they felt like everybody. It was certainly four or five players, wasn't it, from his own half, and yeah. um, scores a very very good goal. So it's sort of like you know talking. I about... think
2: maybe was it Teddy Butcher twice, possibly, and then maybe yeah, he caught was... up again, and then <laughs> still get done. It's like oh. <laughs> that, that, I, he was Butcher, so I think Maradona came. Maybe his first game as coach was, I think, a friendly at Hamden uh, as Argentina coach, and I think Butcher was in the Scotland setup at the time, and there the was all this talk about how you know he wasn't going to shake hands or something before, and uh, I think one of the journalists put this to Maradona in the the press conference beforehand, and he said, "Oh yeah, there's something like he said something about Butcher and." Oh uh, yeah, you know, well, we all know that in, in 1966, uh the, the ball didn't cross the line and then all the all the journalists at were just delighted that he'd kind of done the appropriate research and said the right thing. And it's like, so yeah, you know, you, can, you can't rely on referees to get everything right, blah, blah, blah. And so he just he just really played played to the crowd and he was yeah. duly applauded for, <laughs> from the room more or less.
0: Yeah. Know. Yeah. Well i've got the the argentina preview coming out tomorrow um we talked about maradona and my friend leo from argentina said that england deserved it because they pillaged the world and tried to colonize everybody so fuck them
1: but you know to your point if if football is some sort of karma thing then you know it's doing a bad job (laughs) (laughs) that's all i can say (laughs)
0: But the, uh, the balance is incredible because that was exquisite cheating. That's the best example of cheating that we've ever seen. And he balanced that with the, one of the best goals I've ever seen. So you really have to include it in his greatness. Uh, you know, He cheated. I,
1: I, I think if I, you know, if, if, I if I wasn't a 13 year old England fan watching that, that at the time still thought the world had a sense of fairness and justice, you know that's that was the maybe that was the first time that i was ever you know given an, in, an insight into reality and so maybe i should be thanking maradona for preparing me for uh, a life of dealing with cheating bastards
2: you know like, i i do i do have a bit of a <laughs> kind of litan, a, lit, a litany of england misdemeanors but i remember uh, i think schools schools punched in the third of a hat-trick against poland once and uh and, I, and then against, what was it? Michael, the Michael Owen goal against Argentina. I remember he got a penalty after tearing up the pitch. That was, yeah, yeah, I think he just fell over. He
1: died, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So, I, mean, I remember I was ashamed of that, to be honest, yeah. as well. Although I, I, that, I, that, the Michael Owen goal against Argentina when he ran half the length of the pitch and score was enjoyable too. Was that in the same yeah. game or was that a different game? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 98.
2: Was it the same game? Yeah. yeah. Back, yeah. I remember Batistuta. There's some flowing locks in the background, I think.
1: Right. Uh, uh, but I think yeah, we're... so
2: it's true. I think the profile of I don't know. I feel like probably for Maradona, that would maybe just be a routine, <laughs> a routine thing yeah. that he probably did all the time. And yeah. uh, but in the in the sort of UK media, it's uh, or maybe the anglophone media. Like I think I think there is a thing about like if you're watching watching English coverage of stuff, then in the World Cup. There's maybe two thirds of the planet that you're not aware of. That actually, there's some cracking players that you you'll just discover that everyone else <laughs> everyone else knows already because they follow Uruguay or they follow. So there, there's definitely uh, attendance just. Well, just,
1: there's an obsession you know, with the idea that the game was invented, and yeah, the, uh, you know the Premier League is the best league and all this other nonsense and you know i mean I, I i think i'm aware enough now of the fact that as an england fan i enjoy england be it doing well but i'm also mildly ashamed of many of the things associated with being an <laughs> england fan as well so it's uh, you know but the, the maradona incident i really wish i could get over it but there's a, that is a, a deep deep scar somewhere there and uh, i'm, I'm kind of happy to go with it you know with, like some scars you just got to Enjoy having them, and uh, you know, it's in. It's maybe it's interesting the fact that it's it's possible to have an alternate view of that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. But I think even the fact that we kind of think of the Champions League as the pinnacle of club football, but there's lots of clubs that don't participate, and often when those clubs play each other, those other teams win. So you know, there, like, there's yeah, I think there's it's maybe the highest profile and it has the most money and it's got many of the best players, but it's not the only place that good players will, will be found. Um, And I don't know, but it's hard just based on, it's kind of like the algorithm that you use when you're, or what Google does to you once you search for something or how Facebook just gives you your own stuff back again, your own view, like the echo chamber. Mm -hmm. I think the football echo chamber is maybe bigger, but it still has its blind spots.
1: Oh, especially in England. The English media is horrible but from that point of view. It really is. It's it very much, like you say, it just feeds back in on itself and it's uh, yeah, it's very self-regarded. It's a business to some degree. Yeah. That's why uh, yeah, it, it yeah. shoots itself to eat its own tail. That's-, <laughs> That's
2: right. There's a lot of that going on. Yeah, even the, just thinking of, uh, so Celtic got uh, the ex-Australia coach, uh, Posta who is doing well there just now and came from Japan and people were apoplectic when he was uh, when he was first um, announced when it was first announced that he was coming because they hadn't heard of him they didn't really know much about him and he wasn't it wasn't someone that was uh, that had played for the club or so so and and now everyone that supports him is pretty happy with how he's doing uh, and he actually he was talking he had he let slip in one interview that I think He's talking about all the places that you can get deals because they got they got a handful of great players from Japan for pretty like a million, a million and a half, and like uh, internationalists or people on on the fringes of the uh, Japan team. And he, I think he mentioned in an interview that maybe that, that he'd been looking at Iran as well as another place where you could get a great bargain. So there's kind of, I think there are still untapped markets, and you need someone with the right contacts or the right uh, just insights. To really capitalize on some of this but um yeah that's, that's kind of coming from the same place where people just just know what they're used to and are comfortable with a few you see the managerial revolving door of kind of people that are doing okay they didn't do terribly in their last job they can get this job and like there's only there's a pot of about 50 names that you can choose from and if you go outside that it's a real uh um,
1: it normally depends art. what position you're in the league in. i think they just look and they go oh we That's a Sam Allardyce position. uh, So, yeah,
0: it is.
2: You've got your your managerial coefficient and you can't can't stray
1: too far from that.
0: No. uh, Was that your worst moment then, James?
1: The 86? uh, No, I don't think so. I think from a purely emotional point of view, it was. But probably the worst moment is... uh, and again, this might be just because I watched it, saw it again last night in this documentary of Gaza, was 96, Germany, semi-final, um, extra time. Uh, and the ball comes across. I mean, it gets, I think, I can't remember who passed it. Somebody kicks it sort of up and over to the right. And I think it's Shearer that kicks it across the goal and Gaza goes sliding in. And even now, I still think he's going to score. And it somehow evades him. It's almost like he's slightly, he, he just doesn't quite get there. almost goes, his foot almost goes over the ball. I say, it, literally now, even yeah, though I know I exactly I what's that. going to happen, you still think there's no way he can miss it. And then it's a, it you, It still defies physics in the fact that it, he missed it. And the interesting thing I learned last night in this documentary was Paul Ince apparently said to him afterwards, if you had one pint or one Big Mac less, maybe you'd have got to it. <laughs> <laughs> can see it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, and and then, yeah, that, so was think, that, that was a golden, was that a golden goal? Or was I think that so, a, yeah. I think
1: it would have been yeah. like job done. I mean, even if it wasn't, I think there was like five minutes left. But I do think they probably were doing golden goals around yeah, then. They were. Because yeah. that was, yeah, because that's, uh, Well, 98 was when the magical time that Grimsby uh, won on a golden goal at Wembley for the uh, uh, auto-windscreen glass trophy, which uh, you're probably very familiar with, Kyle.
2: This this is another of my blind spots. When these players come to the World Cup, I I won't know anything about them, the auto-windscreen guys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was the the competition for the third and fourth division, as it was then, or what's now known as League One and League Two. So, yeah, uh,
0: yes. but, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: but they, yeah, no. So that Gaza just, oh my God, I mean, it just literally could not, have, I don't think you could be any closer to a ball yeah. and not hit it. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that now, because that, that was a real chance, you know, there was genuine sort of momentum, I think, in that team really uh, that started with the, the win against the Netherlands. Well, probably started with a win against Scotland because we, like Roddy said, we maybe were more fortunate than we should have been in that game. And the, But weirdly, as a, they showed in this documentary last night, the papers went mad after that. Papers after the first game were like, we're absolutely shit. The team's a disgrace. They are all, you know, they were out boozing before they started. So there was that whole thing in Hong Kong where they were in a dentist chair getting drinks poured into their mouths and things. And so they were a disgrace to the nation. And there was a real war between the tabloids in England then, which I think is a major difference now. Somehow Southgate or the media people have managed to get the the tabloids on side, which is a huge deal because if you haven't got people poking around in your private life and trying to start punch-ups with you in a cafe or something, then that probably helps you, you know, to play a little bit better. Um, But uh, yeah, there was some momentum there, home, home, tournament and uh, yeah that was a genuine chance to just put it to bed and crack on and get into the final yeah
2: was that was Spain Spain in the next round wasn't it the was that a quarter final or yeah, yeah. After, after the, a, good I stages. think that
1: was a that was one of the first time we won on penalties I think wasn't it Spain yeah,
2: yeah. So I remember Spain that. I think Spain were pretty good or they played well in that game and yes, uh, yeah yeah
1: yeah the best part about that is I jumped in a swimming pool upon England winning that penalty shootout. And the most mysterious thing about that is the fact that I knew somebody that was wealthy enough to have a swimming pool, which I'm astounded by at this <laughs> point in time. So that's. So you knew uh,
2: the person, mate? Not
1: Maitland, uh, well, Yeah, but vaguely. We, 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 I knew that we were a friend of a friend. They've you know. invited <laughs> us around to watch the football. But I, so I don't think I got invited around again. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I
2: remember that one quite well.
1: I've I've Um, over-celebrated occasionally watching England, which I don't do now. I've lost a watch and broken a watch celebrating the Michael Owen goal against Argentina. I was on my own watching that game in a house in Windsor, Ontario. And I was so pleased when we scored against Argentina. I, I ran up the length of the house, back down the length of the house and dived on the floor. And, and promptly smashed my watch to pieces. I was on my own. Have a think about that. That's, that's a worrying state of affairs. And when I lost my watch, was and, and the penalty shootout against Germany in that game, was England scored one of the penalties and the whole pub jumped in the air and my watch came off my wrist and it was so jam-packed, I never found the bugger. I mean, I wasn't bothered to look for it at the time because we were watching the penalties and subsequent to the game, I could no longer find my watch. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's an expensive and traumatic experience, football. You'd, you'd be better off throwing your beer in the air, I think. Well, that's, I still can't get my head around that. That's, that's, that must be my age. I think
0: that's maybe,
2: was that not more of a, like an outdoor big screen kind of, I, I could I think see that happening there, but in, indoors, that's new.
1: I think it's uh, social media. Related thing, so because it makes for a good post on Instagram or something. Maybe. If you can show a load of people chucking their beers in the air, that's much more photogenic, isn't it? Than Maybe, somebody yeah. pulling a sort of gurning face and pumping their fist as, <laughs> as if they've scored the goal themselves. That's. Uh... Uh,
2: I think I, I still have I still have a physical scar from when uh, one of Scotland's last World Cup uh experiences where when just in the pub. I can't, we we're in a pub and the they had these big kind of cast iron seats and then when John Collins scored his penalty, I jumped up and just kind of scraped my shin uh her, horrifically. But then you know it, it didn't go perfectly and then we stayed out stayed out for the night. And then uh, I remember we like, go home. It's one of those ones where I'd kind of start to started to it started to heal, but with my jeans still attached. So, <laughs> so then is leaving a leaving a horrific mess um for, for my mom to clean up and yeah uh, anyway, so there's still there's still a bit of a there's a there's a piece you can see where where the hair doesn't grow that's that's <laughs> down to John Collins. Uh, internal not,
1: and external not everywhere. scars from football oh, <laughs> yeah
2: that's internal very
1: scars from maradona external scars from John Collins <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: yeah there's no, no escape
1: do you, have, do you have any scars, Kyle, from football-related?
2: I think some people may have scars from you <laughs> <laughs> chopping them down. Yeah, that's,
0: well, that's I, I did break my oily. toe kicking somebody in the shed. I actually broke my toe and detached the toenail, and uh, oh, yeah, I do remember that <laughs> carried carried on playing the game and, and was in the game and, and was, was, in. was was back in next week. So, what what about the guy you kicked? Well, I kicked him in the shin pad, so... He, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he rolled around on the floor for a while and tried to get me sent off faster.
1: <laughs> 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 something only... you probably should have been sent off.
2: Yeah, like only maybe yeah. one, in, one in six or seven attempts would you get sent off. There's a, a lot of these were straight reds, but somehow <laughs> you were able to... I don't, It wasn't like you were disguising it. I'm not sure
0: not sure what happened but yeah you have you to go bribe away with
2: a lot
0: I, I used to bribe the reps yeah Fair yeah yeah makes yeah. sense, makes sense yeah some with money some with other things but um in terms
1: if you, of if you've got if, if you've got the natural ability to bribe people with other things carl then why not use it you know that, yeah
2: yeah, yeah. what else like, would you like, it? <laughs> would you like but, a, a souvenir uh, okay
0: no the uh the the last world cup that canada qualified for was in 1986 and uh it was uh over so quickly it didn't really leave a scar because nothing happened no goals were scored uh well not by canada anyways but this team coming in nothing it was it was an uneventful uneventful series of games but uh this uh this Canadian team absolute dynamite coached by John herdman uh, Englishman future England manager I think uh, once he gets out of his Canada contract he seems to be a master of motivation and uh, and getting them getting the team psychologically prepared and uh, you know, he turned around the women's program, has got the, the men playing at a level that we've never seen anything close to. It's incredible. Uh, so it's gonna be an exciting World Cup from that perspective. And, and like you said, James, I can't look away. I know I shouldn't. Uh, you know, every article you read on the World Cup has a, has a disclaimer of why it's controversial and why you shouldn't support it, but uh, it's football. It's great. It's going to be, it's going to be a thrill to uh, to see Canada take the field again, and uh, the England team is genuinely a contender. Uh, the Argentina preview we had England Argentina in the
1: final. What do you think, wow. James? Are you ready for that? Is that is that? Uh, oh my God! I'm not sure I could cope with that. That's uh, that might be too much. That's, uh with uh, Messi versus Phil Foden?
2: Yeah. That's... Messi's getting on now because he is he's 10 years, he's exactly 10 years younger than me. So, uh, what is he? No, so, he'll be 34, he'll be 35 yeah. by the time, well, 35 and a half. So, it's getting up there. He's uh, I remember when he was 17 uh, playing against, came on against Mexico, maybe. Remember Maxi Rodriguez scored an outrageous volley, just hammered one. And I think Mexico actually had the edge on them. But yeah, that may have been his first World Cup experience. I remember they were just saying, here's the latest hot property. But
0: they
2: they were right. Occasionally the commentators get it right. He He was one to watch.
1: Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. That's I do I'm like I say, you just don't really know quite what you're going to get with England until they start, and then you'll never poor old Southgate will never make people happy though, because what people want is a totally unrealistic thing, which is where he, he essentially plays, you know, a sort of one one eight. System where we don't bother defending, but we're able to still rip a hole in every team, no matter how good they are or defensively minded or anything else. And you know, we should be able to tear them apart and be 4 0 up by half time and then just cruise the second half. And anything less than that is, you know, it's Southgate's fault for being too defensive. Mm. Um, whereas I think he's he is quite sensible in the fact I have no problem with grinding out a you know, even the Scotland game, I have no problem with that because it was a that was a an, it was an okay result in the in the circumstances. We didn't need any more than a point. Uh, and, and yeah, sometimes you, you can't you, you know, if you play the emotion, you might get a couple of injuries and it could go either way, really, in that situation. The biggest thing is when we get to the big game, whenever whatever stage that is, lap, 16 quarterfinal, semi final, whatever. Uh, when we meet, that start to meet those big teams. it's it's if we can just keep pressing our advantage. I don't. It, it is still a mystery to me how we could literally, you know, Italy did not know what to do with England for the first half hour of that game, mm-hmm. and that was Italy with a team that had totally dominated every single other game they've been in pretty much. and they? Yeah, they they You know, were they, they looked absolutely irresistible. I thought it was going to be a very very difficult game, and and we just looked majestic for, and then some went into our shell and then yeah just and and the worry is that exactly the same thing happened against Croatia you know we scored an early goal and looked pretty good for maybe not for half an hour but for uh, at least half of the first half and then yeah we just uh, sort of went into our shell and we will not survive 3 quarters of a game or even half a game when you're effectively under the cost, especially with that type of setup you know, you, you're starving the, those quality players for, and making them constantly defend and run back. It, I mean, they do an amazing job of it because the one thing people like Guardiola and, Pep, and, and Klopp have done in the Premier League is get people so that they press, 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 press. press. As soon as you lose the ball, press, 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 press. And it's, it's flipping unbelievably effective. Um But you've got to be able to keep that up and it's got to start in their half it's no good just letting them sort of come on to you in your half and then expecting to defend for 45 minutes You'll eventually you'll yeah. let a goal well, yeah. uh, I'm optimistic I'm always optimistic uh, because I'm a Grimsby fan and <laughs> if you don't have optimism <laughs> what do you have
2: <laughs> was... was it uh, was it satisfying to see North Macedonia dump Italy out uh, or do, do you
0: yeah,
1: there was a... You a, moved a on. No, there was a... I, I wasn't overly offended because, in a way, I quite respected the Italian team. I don't, they're not... You know, I don't mind other teams. I don't...
0: It, 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 it wasn't... I, uh... I, I,
1: in the old days, football... In the old days, so in the 80s and 90s, when you watched England, what it was all about was... And, and again, buying into the narrative of you saying as a sort of Anglophone approach to football we were the good guys in white and everybody else was johnny foreigner that was not playing football the way it was supposed to be played. and that is they would cheat and roll over and pretend to be fouled and all these other you know essentially it was we were were playing to the rules which were lump it up as hard as you can to the big man up front and hope that he scores and if anybody you know pretends that they've been fouled more than they have been it's a disgrace and now the premier league has just completely become you know foul baking central hasn't it it's not it's not now it's not quite as blatant in that you can get hooked for for just sort of falling over thin air and bar will spot that but when there is some contact then it is maxed out um so you know a slight brush of the face with a finger will result in probably at least four rollovers and you know some kind of you know, clutching of and a major eye in, in, injury is what you would expect if you were sort of a doctor watching from the stands or something like that. <laughs> but uh, so you know, football's a little bit different now, isn't it? England are probably going to cheat as much as everybody else, so it's not this. It's yeah, I don't know. I don't I, I don't yearn for the old days because we always did shit. So yeah, <laughs> I,
2: I still see occasionally. I think it was it Scotland Scotland playing either Austria or Poland recently and. Uh, one of those two friendlies and McGinn was clearly tripped but he tried to keep going and I feel like there should be there should be some sort of advantage penalty or something like that which is not enforced you've got to not to make the most if you don't make the most of it then you're uh, you kind of selling your team short or something which feels it's like you've let the team down by trying <laughs> and that, that feels like it shouldn't it shouldn't have to be that way but
1: yeah, it should, be, well, it should be like rugby, shouldn't it, where they were able to sort of go go back retrospectively and say that nothing good came of the advantage. And so yeah. you, should, you should now be, you know, effectively that team should be punished for the yeah. fact that they, they it was a genuine foul. And if you can see that on a video, Christ, but although we thought VAR was going to be the magic pill to sort all this out, but uh, it turns out there are some situations that you still can't quite decide yeah what they are but uh, on the whole i think it's doing a reasonable job now yeah i think
2: it's kind of a there's a bit of delayed excitement as well as like oh what's going to happen what's going to happen? like i thought i knew what was happening but i've already cheered now what <laughs> oh, i get to cheer again and uh, so it's kind of yeah twice twice uh, twice the action
0: yeah yeah and the was
2: reference... pressure, pressure on the ref over his shoulder it's like yeah. you must be aware of like Billions of people just checking out what you're looking at. It's like, well, if this guy is sensible, he's obviously got to see X, and then says it the other way. Like, what?
0: They don't even make decisions anymore. You know, you, you'll see them not even put their whistle in their mouths. They just put their finger to the ear and, uh, and and get a check done. I uh, I I do yearn for the good old days, James, uh, when. <clears throat> Center backs like Gary Pallister and, and Razor Ruddick were
1: thumping people straight
0: up in the air and kicking Martin shins. Martin
1: Keown. Martin the Keown. The missing link between Neanderthal and human. What, was, was there. Uh,
0: what do you make of Harry Maguire? Is he your favorite player on the squad?
1: <laughs> well, he's a Man United player, so clearly that is, is a mark against him for me. Because uh, I, I, for some reason, he, even though Man United, I, I almost felt sorry for them against Liverpool the other night, which is yeah. a weird feeling. But, um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, he plays all right for England, I think. Him, him and John Stones, a pretty reasonable central pairing. And, and we've obviously got two decent uh, wing-backs, or whatever they're called, these fancy folk. They can get up, the, up and down the wing and cross the ball and score, even though they're playing in defence. No, there was none of that on, on the beaches, was there? That's for sure,
2: That's there are no goals. I don't remember many goals.
1: So uh, yeah, we were more in the Razor Ruddock Palace, to, you know, <laughs> it's
2: a straight team.
1: They, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I can't, I can't get offended by him. I don't understand why you would boo. I don't understand why you'd ever boo your own players. I don't. It, you know, it doesn't matter how bad they are. I, I remember watching TFC in one of their early seasons, and they were losing four or five nil at half time. And I still can bring myself to boo the players, but uh, I, d- I did leave with Hodgie and go and watch the Champions League final, so it was pretty bad, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you should, yeah, you know, they're at that they're all doing their best ultimately, aren't they? This is the thing we forget, and uh, unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't go well, and sometimes you're up against somebody that makes you look like a twat. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, he- if, it, if it's your team, then it's wonderful, isn't it? There's nothing better than somebody that, that, that thinks they're a bit good. And then, you know, for a minute in the in the final against Italy, it looked like we were going to make Chiellini look like a bit of a, an idiot occasionally, didn't it? And he was probably going to get skinned by Raheem Sterling a few times. And, you know, poor old buggers in the Italian defence that had looked invincible until that game were, you know, have the runaround from the youngsters. and But eventually, you know, who had the last laugh?
0: Yeah, he did take his penalty well, Maguire. I uh, I thought of you when I saw that penalty go in. I thought that's that's a
1: James Booth penalty.
2: Didn't he break the camera or something? Was that his that just kind of yeah. smashed into the yeah. top corner? Well,
1: clearly, I didn't contribute much in terms of goals when I played, but I took part in two penalty shootouts for Beaches FC, and I scored both my penalties. So yeah, that's that's all I'm saying. <laughs>
0: 100%, 100%. Hard, and, hard and low,
1: hard and low. Yep.
0: Yep. Well, uh, it's been an hour, lads. Uh, my beer is done. I think we figured out England's path to the final. Uh, Argentina score early.
1: Go to penalties. And yeah, probably lose on penalties. No, it'll be it'll be wonderful. It's we'll, a hard we'll, and low. We won't. Uh, yeah. Well, we won't lose. We'll we'll re- learn from our past two, and Southgate will just say off the leash. Go and he'll start effectively just with Sancho, Foden, Grealish, and uh, you know just Raheem Sterling, Kane up front, and just say go for it. Harry yeah. Maguire, get your big massive forehead in the way in defence, and that's yeah, that's that's how we'll win. None of that fancy trickery of yeah. Messi going out, ending his career on a high. <laughs> Are we writing off Brazil then? I mean, I know you'd, you're trying to finish up there, but what, what's are they not a powerhouse?
2: What's the Brazil route to the final? Okay. Uh,
0: so, they're, if they win their group, they'll be on the opposite side. Brazil, Argentina in the semi-final. Uh, let's say England against whoever comes out from the other direction. Maybe Portugal. Maybe Belgium, maybe Spain. Yeah. Belgium are going to crash out in the group stage. They're going to lose to Canada. And Canada's going to, Canada's going to top that to group.
1: First. How much should I put on that game, Canada, Carl? Put, uh, put Canada? Bet the house. Bet the house.
0: Okay, no worries. Belgium are uh, well past it. Uh, they're a paper tiger. You know, they're a number one ranked team on paper. But what have they won? What have they done with that? absolutely nothing uh i've been i've been cheering for belgium for the last four tournaments uh predicting them and they keep making a fool of me so uh they're going to finish bottom of the group canada morocco are going to advance and uh it's going to be canada england in the semi-final so watch for that that's going to be fun
1: oh i would love that that would be a classic no, don't write off Scotland. I mean, they've got quite a long way to go to even get sure, to the world. Yeah, Cup, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Don't, write, don't write off Wales or Ukraine, yeah. right? um, No,
1: well, but you never know. It's, it's oh, uh, Scotland against Wales would be a bit of a humdinger. You could imagine that being absolutely, yeah, blood and thunder, can't you? Cross
2: there's been, uh, well, that was, I think, there's been two playoffs, two are they both World Cup playoffs. There's one, I think, to get to. Uh, Seventy eight, I think. There's something about Joe Jordan handling a ball and getting a penalty or something like that, which he he scored. Well, so maybe a, a bit of a Maradona, Maradona style, and then England getting dumped out. Or, sorry, and uh, Wales getting dumped out, and then there was another one. Uh, that's when Jock died as a coach. That was to get to the, to eighty six, and I think I can't I think. Maybe Cooper maybe scored. A, I, I can't remember. I think we we won that one. And then that's when Ferguson came in as coach for, for the tournament. So uh but even then, like that was in '86. We we had a good team and we didn't do anything. Like, that was I think Soonas, we had Doug and like just a great, great midfield, great defense, Charlie mm-hmm. Nicholas. Like there's all good players. Supposedly, uh, I was heard recently that uh I think Soonas was kind of like the union man, like complaining about conditions and things like that. Like maybe, maybe like a bit of a Roy Keane, like when Ireland went to the World Cup and Ferguson hated them, and they they kind of a, a certain bad blood split the camp or something. And, mm. and anyway, we we didn't progress, and, and a great great surprise for everyone. Yeah, we stayed. We stayed. Roy, Roy uh,
1: Keane probably wanted the prawn sandwiches. That was the problem. <laughs> 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 uh,
2: yeah, but yeah, there's there's going to be culture. There's a whole the cultural story of the. Middle Eastern World Cup is going to be very intriguing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go. I don't know how many people are going to be in jail for years to come, <laughs> possibly executed um, as a result of my, minor misdemeanors. or I don't know. Like, Are they just going to have a kind of amnesty on like European behaviour is okay for three weeks and then... Uh, as you were. I don't know. It's going to be what?
1: So, so sort of pissing in the street and xenophobic songs are <laughs> <Yes>. allowed for <laughs> a few weeks. That's
2: right. Yeah, not not like uh, not, not the finer things that the West has to offer perhaps. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be, it's going
1: to be Yeah, what will the atmosphere be like in the stadiums? That'll be very interesting. It might be a very sanitised FIFA atmosphere, although to some extent nowadays, you know, by the time you've given all the tickets to Coca-Cola and Budweiser and everybody else. There's probably not that many left for the fans anyway. So
2: there was a, there was a little bit of a precursor to this. I don't know if you remember, James, uh, the phenomenon of the, the Dubai Super Cup. When I was a kid, this was a bit this was a big thing. So it was like Scottish champions and English champions play in Dubai to an audience purely of shakes. Uh, and it was it was a very odd, I think it maybe happened for three maybe three years. I don't know it was just when I was first getting into football, this was a big thing. And so I kind of thought uh, there was also the tenant sixes and which was like six a side indoor football where teams, <laughs> this is like I think every team, every Scottish Premier League team had a six a side team in this six a side tournament playing indoors, just with like tennis shoes on the sort of green grocer grass that you get for putting your bananas on. And uh, and I think with a few a few invited English teams as well. So these these were great things, but I thought they would happen forever, and then they stopped. And it's like, oh, where's the Dubai Super Cup? And uh, so I think I think Rangers beat Rangers beat Everton on penalties. So it was round about the same. So Everton winning the league when would that being like 80,
0: 89
2: or something like that, or maybe around yeah. about that, or yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Time. So there was, was this in,
2: invitational tournament in in Dubai, which was just a kind of one-off for big bucks, or to I think try and maybe the the seed to get football going in uh, in United Arab Emirates or <laughs> wherever that is. And, uh, I don't know if it, it really took off, but it was a weird. There must be footage on you, on YouTube. You'd see they would scan to the crowd after uh, I don't know, like. Uh, Mark Falco had scored the goal, or something like that, and then would just be bemused uh, sultans in the crowd. It was just very, a very strange scene all around. But I can see there's going to be echoes of that uh, come December or November. When is it? Does it November weeks?
1: finishing just before Christmas, isn't it? That yeah. is going to be weird. I mean, yeah, you know,
2: even not, that side of things, it's going to be strange.
1: Yeah, there won't there won't be many people watching it outdoors in the UK at that time of year. That's for sure.
2: No, that's true. That's uh, yeah, Canada. Those uh ah, people will be outside here. They'll have, they'll have the big screens. Young Dundas Square, they'll probably be rammed. Uh, yeah, that's uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. You got
1: me excited about Canada, though, Carl. I read your I read through about all the players. Your preview, did you? So I've got excited now. Yes, it's yeah, it's a really good team.
2: Uh, the only guy
1: I've heard of was Junior Hoylett, which shows my ignorance outside of right. English football. So.
2: Yeah. Alfonso Davis, you haven't heard of Alfonso Davis? He's, no, he's quite big. Know.
1: No. No. It's, yeah, he uh, sounds great. I'm a, it's, big, I'm a big fan now, just based on Carl's preview. That's well, no. it's uh, Where's where your
2: preview, Gail? Oh, yeah.
1: Can I find to,
2: this information?
1: You haven't been to my website? You
2: got a website? No. I'm probably on it. Have you, have you, I hope, have you put my face on it? I hope not.
0: No, no, no. I, uh, I, I abide by your audio only. Uh, you know, I, I have a face for radio myself. But the, uh, the inspiration was from yeah, World I Soccer. It, I, 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 used to, I used to buy a World Soccer every month and World Cup, they would have previews of each team, a little write-up of each player and a little picture, give a little story of the player. And it was so, I loved reading those so much. And I just wanted to see a Canadian team in world soccer for years. Uh, World soccer, I don't read anymore. I don't even think they publish anymore. They probably do, but it's all online. So I thought, you know what? I'm gonna publish my own world soccer profiles. And, uh, you know, living in Toronto, I got to know people from pretty much every corner of the world. And, uh, you know, have these type, type of fan, conversations and, uh, and record them. It's been a lot of fun. We did Argentina we did France with Benoit. I don't know if you ever met Benoit James, but uh, a hilarious conversation about the French team going through all of their uh, qualifying disasters and, and bringing up names. I, I discovered the three names that infuriate any Frenchman, Kostadinov, Diop, and Matarazzi. That's all you
2: have to say to a Frenchman. Any one of those three? What, surely uh, Schumacher. Was it Schumacher? Was that the oh, keeper? Oh, right. Schumacher. I don't think you brought him up, but that's, yeah. That's. I just got a shiver up my spelling. Like
1: that. Yeah, that's, that is probably that the most. A blood-curdling assault. Yeah. And he didn't even get a yellow, did he?
2: No, no, I don't think it was. Lit, that's
1: that's lit, the, lit the, that's the absolute unbelievable part of it is he literally didn't even get a card for what essentially would probably get you about a five-year sentence in most countries. That's.
0: Yeah. I thought it was good
1: goalkeeping. I
0: thought
2: he. I thought the goalkeeper was. Uh... <laughs> There's definite echoes of of that style. <laughs> like just all studs coming out like claws, pointing in the same direction, as well as fists. Like just, uh, and all out. Multi limb assault.
1: Yeah, that was the first time I realised you could get all four limbs pointed in the same direction <laughs> while flying through the air. Yeah, <laughs> you
2: would you would think something should be trailing, but no. Yeah. If, you're, if you're fast, you can pull that one into the attack as well.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: That was,
0: uh, yeah. 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 So, who was,
2: who was the victim? Who, who was?
0: It was uh, Battiston. Uh, Battiston was the unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was not senseless. They stretchered
1: him off. And oh, yeah. He looked like yeah. he was dead. <laughs> yeah. I, remember, I, I remember watching the game, and, and again, at the time, I had a sense of sort of fairness and karma and justice and things in the world, and I, even at the time, I was utterly astounded that, you know, and as an English person watching Germany and France, you really don't care what happens. You know, you're out, you're praying for some kind of meteorite event that voids <laughs> the game and gets England to have to go through because they probably lost in the previous round of penalties, but... Uh, yeah, no, I remember being absolutely incensed and offended. For that that was a, a total shocker.
2: Was that that was a European Championship in France? Is that right, or was it in no, France?
1: that was the World Cup
0: '82.
2: Was it the World Cup? Yeah, was yeah. that that was '80? Okay, so they yeah. won the European Championship in France a couple of years later.
0: Yeah, yeah, Germany, uh, Germany knocked them out in the semifinals in '82, and in '86. Germany beat them again in in the the semifinal. That team of Platini, Tigana, it was a great team. And of course, Canada had them as their first game in 86. What a draw. Uh, France, Soviet Union and Hungary, um, three European powerhouses. Hungary isn't considered a powerhouse anymore, but at the time they were a really good team. Uh, Going to 48 countries, Next World Cup. It's a lot of countries. Really? I mean, wow. the shame of not qualifying just exponentially increased dramatically.
2: So 12, 12 groups of four. Yeah.
0: Or, uh, they're actually gonna do 16 groups of three. Wow. And, and then the group winners all advance. All right, okay. So that's that that's pretty, stiff? that's stiff.
1: Yeah, is that is that actually true? That just sounds like something somebody's just made up.
2: You're go- you're going to lose a lot of good teams, then I think, at that rate, if it's just the top top one from groups of three.
0: Well, it won't matter because they're going to do it every two years. So,
2: oh, okay. oh yeah, is this is that happening? way? Like,
0: that's not official, is it?
1: No, it's it's Arsene Wenger's idea that is apparently.
0: He's been championing it. Yeah. Yeah, they've got uh, FIFA spokesman touring the world, convincing people that it's a good idea to have a World Cup every two years. And, what about uh, the
2: Euros, though, we're just going to do them, play them at the same time, like Euros on Wednesday, World Cup yeah, final.
1: Be, Euros will be like the Champions League, and then the, you know, on the weekends, yeah. on the Saturday, they'll have World Cup games. That's
2: or maybe like, yeah, Europa champion, <laughs> just like play it the next night, and then for the best i don't know that sounds sounds tough they'll
0: have the euros every year
1: i I don't want to be i don't want to be against it for the sake of being against it but you can't you know i I, there's something magical about the cycle that there is now that's winning the world cup or the euros or you know the equivalent championships elsewhere is genuinely worthwhile because you only get a chance every so often and it is so bloody easy not to do it you know it's a massive achievement really isn't it to somehow scr- keep going all the way through and get to the end of that so yeah so it's, that's, yeah it's got a yeah. bit of
2: a it, Sorry, i was going to say i caught a bit of a very enjoyable phone in on uh, cbc here where after after canada qualified and people were saying "Oh, what does it mean to you blah blah, blah. and so guys who say oh, i remember 86 and we didn't do ourselves justice but there's so many people calling saying you know this is, this is the World Cup. I don't think you understand that all countries, it's not like the World Series, the World Series, or it's not like hockey where we're the only people with this incredible infrastructure, uh, and we're only playing against like 10 other decent teams in the world. This is every country in the world that actually loves this sport, and we are, we are participating. And so it's kind of uh, like the, it was interesting to see the host try and fuel these calls of these kind of, there's a little bit of smugness, like justified smugness, like, yes, we're doing something that someone, everyone else is able to compete at as well. And uh, it, was, it was nice to hear because I think, yeah, there's uh, North American sports is its own little bubble. And even, even some of the teams that like America think they're great till they play Cuba in the Olympics at, at baseball or something, they find it, oh, we're, we're not even, even the best at our minority sports. um, So yeah, it's good to be,
1: yeah, it's, the, it's the genuine it's the genuine world sport I think, isn't it? You yeah, know, we have obviously here cricket and rugby are big, but there's there's a a limited set of countries play each of those. There's maybe fifteen yeah. countries, and out of those, there's six good ones in each of those sports. And that's whereas football, like I say, when you start to look at the draw in the World Cup by the round of sixteen, even if you, as I say, you've, you've somehow managed to get the confidence that I have now that we'll get out the group, which for most of my life I haven't had. But even once you get past that as soon as you look at the round of 16th, you start to look at the, these names and you say Netherlands Senegal they'll both of those will give England a game that's you know and from there it just gets more and more terrifying really so you, you, you actually struggle to imagine beating these teams and you know France in the quarterfinals holy hell if you if England were to get to that stage and beat France then I, I would, my optimism would then be off the charts that's point in time. And I would believe we could not only win the world cup, but the first inaugural interstellar football competition. That's probably being planned at the moment by FIFA.
2: So, yeah. <laughs> so, Elon Musk will be in there as well, <laughs> i sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A super league of nations or something like that. They'll, they'll come up with some some scheme to maximize sure. that. But, uh, but yeah, I think England will beat France. I think England will go to the final, and I think it's time that football is coming home, James. Can you feel it?
1: Football's coming home. Oh, don't get me going. That's, I, wish, I wish that didn't excite me, but sadly, it does. I'm <laughs> <laughs> mildly embarrassed at the fact that, that those words get me excited. And uh, yeah, I, even the last World Cup, I didn't listen to any of my normal sort of get me revved up England songs either. Which are all terrible and brilliant at the same time, as all football songs are. And they yeah. should be. Now, the, you know, World in Motion ruined everything by being a genuinely good song. So that's, but otherwise, football songs should be shit and brilliant at the same time. That's, uh, yeah. But, yeah. Can, no, you can You know, see I'm optimistic. I'm always optimistic. Yeah. It's coming, it's coming home. But it, are we really the home of football or is everywhere now the home of football?
2: I don't know. Did, did you see Casper uh, Schmeichel when they when they put that, to... It one of the journalists said to Casper Schmeichel, you know, "How do you feel? How do you feel about you know, There's all this spirit. You know, people are saying football's coming home as well. Coming home, where? Like, have you ever won this before? And there's like, well, you know, in 1966, the World Cup was like, oh yeah. What, what's this tournament? Like, all right, so it's kind of back and forth. He's like, ah, oh, had enough. I've had it up to here. And uh, you can just see you know, kind of quietly below his top. Well,
1: you get it. You get a sense of, of you know England's. Absurd approach to the World Cup by the fact that the first two or three we didn't take part in because we just thought we'd basically, you know, it wasn't actually fair in right. effect because we just yeah. win it. So why, why even bother? Yeah. And so you, you know, are you questioning?
2: Why, are you questioning our authority?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like what's this World Cup thing? What's that? No, no, no. There's no, there's no need for that. We all know who invented it and who, who's the best at it. And it's, you know, and that. I really think now, probably looking back, that most England fans think, God, I wish we'd taken part in those early World Cups where we put we actually might have stood a chance of probably winning. Yeah, them. beating, beating uh, Uruguay. I mean, know, Uruguay rests on their uh,
0: their two World Cups, 1930-1950. Uh, you know, that's a long time ago. But yeah. the, uh, um, the 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 home nations was the big championship. Uh, which I would love to see again. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but an annual competition. Yeah. England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland.
2: I don't know how you'll fit it in now, but the, yeah, I think they, they actually did talk about that. I think after, in the summer there, a, a few of the players murmured that might be fun. But uh,
1: I think they talked about it as a COVID feeling, didn't they? For
2: a, uh, maybe, yeah.
1: Yeah. But I, I, you know, I used to enjoy that as a kid. And uh, you know, but, but it had a, if it isn't competitive, it's not that entertaining, is it? You know, that's the problem. And the, the while every a bit like the rugby, everybody would have a good go at it. But if if one or two teams are better, it it's yeah, it's it's tricky. But uh the well. Everybody would get up for playing England, so they, they would always be interesting, wouldn't they? That's, that's yeah. Everybody would want to have a go, England, and then you know try and steal the goalposts or something at the end of it. Perhaps uh,
2: it'd be another one that clubs clubs would be firmly opposed to, and oh. fans would yeah. be into. And,
1: yeah, yeah, you can you can imagine both from a fan and player point of view, it would be attritional. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <Yeah. laughs> that's it's a, a good word for it. Yeah. Uh, so
1: yeah so as the you know as the England team all the players went back to their clubs for the start of the season and Jordan Henderson had a broken leg and <laughs> you know everybody else was damaged Robertson turned up with a torn cruciate or something <laughs> yeah
2: I mean if, if Scotland qualify if we keep uh, drawing each other in tournaments then it's just uh it's just Ireland and Wales, Northern Ireland, that miss out. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see yeah. what transpires.
1: I'd like to see everybody in it. I remember watching Ireland in the uh, – what year was it? It was the year England beat Argentina. I think 98, was it? Ireland were in the World Cup. Did pretty mm. well. Because uh, I vaguely recall watching one an, the England-Argentina game in Montreal at the Grand Prix, and then weirdly flying back to – Europe to go to Le Monde with a lot of my idiot mates and one of them to this campsite brought a satellite system and a big screen TV which at the time was an absolutely massive hunk of TV and we had it set up in the campsite and ended up watching the Ireland games and the England games with about 50 people sat behind us all cheering along it was bloody brilliant and uh, yeah it's it's great when you've got all the other teams in there as well It, it just adds to it really. I think I, I always want them to do well, you know. I know it's pretty not cool, but if we're not playing each other, I want Scotland to win. I want Wales to win. I want Northern Ireland and even Ireland to win. That's it. You know, and, and then I outside that... outside of that, are just the random loyalties you've got to different countries based on completely arbitrary past events. You know? yeah.
2: yeah, I think the England team just they seem like nicer people now as well. It seems like a more likable crowd. I don't know. I did. And I didn't really get to know the previous crowds, but there was kind of a. I think there's less of a an innate sense of superiority that uh, other people weren't honouring or something like that. Like that, that seems to have fallen by the wayside. Like, might actually have to, uh, you know, outwit a team or outplay them or something like that. And I think, yeah, you, you can't you can't get too mad about the anti-poverty campaigners that are <laughs> playing against you. That's, that's,
0: that,
2: that's a hard person to hate. although lots of people seem to. Uh, I, don't I don't know. I think uh, I think they've won. They've won a few people over. Or there's a few people are lukewarm where they used to be firmly opposed. So that's uh, that's a step in the right direction.
1: Yeah, that's well. That's it, isn't it? It's that you don't have to be an asshole and to be a good footballer. That's uh, in the old guys.
0: Yeah, it's, it did uh, seem like that. You know, uh, <laughs> Frank Lampard, Rio
1: Ferdinand didn't seem like they were... John Terry. John, John Terry, Terry, surely. That yeah, did. John so, Terry, he was, he was, really
2: a, he was a standout.
1: Top of the
2: tree. Yeah. And so, Even, like, Gerard, it wasn't Gerard was beating up DJs and stuff. Like, everyone had fought, like, John Terry was the one. What was it he said to a guy? It was basically, I get paid so much more than you, and there was some court case of some bouncer he tried to beat up or something. Like you know, they, they all had these obnoxious attitudes like I am.
1: Well, and there, and there was his teammate's wife, Wayne Bridge. That was, oh, that was an awkward right. situation, wasn't it? That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Got a, that's the, the measure of a person, really, if you
2: yeah,
1: do right. that to your teammate. It's that's, that's pretty low, isn't it?
2: Yeah. But, yeah, I think... There, there's a bit more of a an affability about the the current crop. Seems like
1: yeah. so Just... well, I'd say they all seem on the same page. They sort of they're supporting each other, aren't they? Nobody's getting thrown under the bus. I mean, a bloody. There's some genuinely skillful players, which I never thought I'd say for England. You know, any time England maybe had one to two skillful players, you had somebody like Hoddle at a certain time, yeah. who was the sort of flair player, and Gazza, when he was, you know, when he before he. he sort of was destroyed by the tabloids and his own demons yeah, he was yeah. a flair player you know even Rooney when he first started he's he could make stuff happen couldn't he, he mm. could, and now you know we have got an embarrassment of riches it's whether you can get them all to play together whether you can get that to somehow work because if everybody's so attack minded you know that that leaves you with holes doesn't it so that's, uh, but if if Southgate can do it and yeah we were very close you know I mean that was the other thing with the penalty shoot against the Italians you know, Rashford's penalty was millimeters away. It was not glazed over the bar, like normal England penalty shootout misses. That's or saved by the goalie. It, it was that was, oh, you know, it was literally two inches from being a perfect penalty. And uh, yeah. I, I reckon that was probably the decisive one, wasn't it? Because we were, we were, we were. I, I, th- I think that would have probably pushed us over the edge, and the other two would have yeah. been less relevant at that point. But,
0: well, Pickford said the, the, the next one. You know the the, uh, the, the big England. save from Pickford. And yeah,
2: he. I thought he had a he, he had a great final. Like he single handedly, the second half, he stopped a lot of what looked like dead certs uh, when it seemed like the team was kind of like he was carrying everyone for a while in the second half, and then, and even in the penalties, he did well. I didn't I didn't take to him at first, but actually. He turned out to be a bit of a stalwart. Yeah, it
0: yeah. Almost, almost sounds like you're an England fan, Roddy. I think you're. Uh... Oh, I, w- I
2: would say that like this. That w- that'd be over egging it. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, I think they're def- definitely good, good players. But yeah, we'll see. Like, we'll... I'd expose me to a little bit of BBC commentary and I'll be, I'll be back in the right place come the tournament.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, especially if Scotland make is. it. I hope it I hope it happens. England, Scotland, final group stage match. Uh, it's it's we Can you know,
2: both be qualified by then, potentially. Well, no, could we? Yeah, maybe it'll we'll be, be the, one of, maybe one of these uh, fixed draws.
1: The like, second uh, teams on for a one-one. That's
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
1: so it's firmly set on Canada.
0: That's it. That's it. Yep. Well, lads, it's been fantastic catching up, uh, England yeah, for the World Cup. Yeah, let's uh, let's plan to celebrate. I can't wait to watch it with you, and uh, and share that joy. Uh, it's going to be fantastic watching Ukraine top the group. I'm kidding, <laughs> lads.
2: How, how are things going generally, James? Are you? Is life life's going okay?
1: Yeah, good, good, yeah. good. Um